Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. Uh, hope you've had a, a great week. I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the citizen, the senior citizen that was driving down I-20? He had just gotten a brand new Corvette convertible, had the top down, and he is speeding down I-20, 80 miles an hour. And then he looks in his rearview mirror and he sees a Georgia State trooper right behind him. It makes him a little nervous, like we, we've been there, right? And so instead of slowing down, he just floored it and excelled to over 100 miles an hour. Of course, what's going to happen? Uh, the trooper's going to turn on his lights and sirens, and he did that. He pulled him over. And the guy came to his senses, and he was uh, just sort of said, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. And he, he went overboard, and finally the trooper said, Just wait a minute. He said, It's 4 o'clock. I'm getting off this ship in, in about 30 minutes. And so I'm ready to be done with the day. If you can give me one excuse that I have never heard of before, then I'll let you go. He said, well, it's not an excuse. He said, when I looked in my rearview mirror and saw a trooper, I'll tell you what happened. He said, several years ago, my, my wife left me for a Georgia State trooper. And when I saw you in, in my rearview mirror, I thought he was bringing her back. Well, today, over the next few minutes, I want to talk about telling the truth. Wouldn't it be interesting if everybody told the truth? I mean, can you imagine how that would change Facebook? I mean, if everybody posted the truth, or maybe even Instagram, because, I mean, practically, you know, you can't even put a picture on Instagram without putting a filter on it, right? And is that really truthful? So just think about that. What if advertisers told the truth? I mean, seriously, what if, you know, your favorite store, what if they had their logo and then their tagline and their tagline actually told the truth? I mean, you know how it is. Some of you shop at Urban Outfitters, right? What if they actually said you pay money to look homeless? (laughs) Maybe. Is that not like the truth? Okay. Or how about like this one? Old Spice. You smell like Grandpa. Now, the funny thing about it, a couple of years ago, Patty said, man, because I, I have Old Spice. And she said, I hate Old Spice. Would you please stop wearing it? So I did. But two years ago, I, I no more Old Spice. And two weeks ago, I slipped and got some. And no, this is no lie. I'm telling the truth here. This past week, she said, she said, what kind of cologne are you wearing? I said, it's Old Spice. She said, no, it's not. She said, you've been around and, and I can smell somebody else's clone on you. It's not. A, anyway. So what if, what if it's, next one, is it FedEx? It's tagline. It's probably broken. <laughs> oh, no, we love FedEx, especially when they work with Amazon. Okay, the next one is Maybelline or maybe it's Photoshop. And here's the final one that all of us like is WebMD. Convince yourself that you have a terminal illness. How many times have we been there? We've got a a sore in our neck and all of a sudden we go to WebMD and then now we have this weird tumor that we're on the last stages and we're about to die. Just because we read it online. 
WebMD. That's right. Well, it'd be interesting if all of us told the truth. And over the next few minutes, I'm going to tell you a story from the Bible that speaks about that. We're in a series called The One-Year Bible, and we've done this several times in the past. And like JT said, we're doing this to try to just remind us the importance of reading the Bible every day. And so we started in January, uh, and there's a daily Bible reading on our website. When you click on the One-Year Bible Reading tab, you'll see a passage from the Old Testament, a passage from the New Testament. You'll see a psalm and a proverb. So this past week, uh, as I looked at... Uh, the scriptures, we focused on Thursday, and there's a story about Ananias and Sapphira that was our Thursday reading. It's about telling the truth. But it's found in Acts chapter 5. But the story really begins before that. It actually begins in chapter 4. And it said these words, After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. There seems to be a common thread that runs through the first part of the book of Acts. And that is this, that these believers needed a power that was greater than themselves. They longed for the power of the Spirit. They longed to be filled with the Spirit. And so they gathered together and they say, God, we're desperate for you. you. We're desperate for your presence. God, come show up and fill us with your presence. How do you know that they were filled with the Holy Spirit? Here's how you know. Miracles started happening. Signs and wonders occurred. Generosity started to spread throughout the church. We drop down a couple of verses in Acts chapter 4. And we see where generosity started to spread through the church. And we pick it up in in verse 34. It says, the generosity was so strong that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. They brought the money from the sales of the land and put it in the apostles' feet. And they distributed it to anyone who had need. Joseph... A Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. He sold a field he owned, and he brought the money, and he put it at the apostles' feet. And so we see here the heart of generosity spread throughout the congregation. Everything was going great, but something went wrong. Something went wrong right dab in the middle of this supernatural community. It was not wrong with the community. It was wrong with two people, a husband and a wife team. The husband named Ananias, the wife named Sapphira. So we start to see their story as it unfolds in Acts chapter 5. This is our, uh, this past Thursday's reading. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. And with his wife's full knowledge... He kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Next verse. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart? That Satan has filled your heart so that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and you've kept for yourself some of the money that was received for the land. Didn't it belong to you to begin with? 
And after it was sold, wasn't the money, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but you have lied to God. And so something went wrong here. On the outside, everything looked okay. On the outside of this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, everything looked fine. But there was something subtle, something very seductive, something very sneaky going on the inside of this couple. Luke says that their hearts were, were um, that the devil had filled their hearts and they went down the wrong path. Now, I don't know exactly how that story unfolded, but I can imagine that maybe it was like this. Maybe Ananias and Sapphira were sitting together with a group of their friends at church. And they were talking and they were laughing and having a good time. And then somebody walks in. Somebody walks in having just sold some property and brings a large offering to the church and gives it to the church. Immediately, uh, the the atmosphere in the church changed. There was a, a sense of joy and excitement. People were thrilled at this generosity. Everyone rejoiced. Ananias and Sapphira were excited with everybody else. But then something on the inside of them said, you know, we want to be a part of that excitement. We want to feel what it feels to give like that. They too own some land. And they had talked about selling their land and giving their land to the church. But every time they talked about this, there's a little uneasiness going on inside of them because their land was their security. It was their security blanket. And so they really felt uneasy about doing that. They went back to church and one day they were sitting there and a guy named Joseph walked in. And he brought a large sum of money because he had sold some land also. And there again was just excitement throughout the congregation. And the apostles at that moment were touched by by his generosity. And apparently, this would indicate that this is not the first time that that he had given generously like that. In fact, they said to him, Joseph, you, you have blessed us, but you're such an encouragement to us. In fact, you're such an encouragement that we would like to give you a new name. Instead of calling you Joseph, we would like to call you Barnabas. Now, Barnabas meant son of encouragement. You have been such an encouragement to us that we want to change your name and call you Barnabas. Now, Ananias, when he heard this, they were truly sitting outside the circle. But those feelings deep inside of them, they became full-blown at this moment. Because you see, he wanted a new name like Barnabas. He wanted the approval of the apostles. He wanted the excitement that came from the congregation. But Ananias was filled with jealousy and he was filled with envy. And and instead of rejoicing with the blessing, he is starting to feel resentment toward Barnabas and resentment toward the people who were generous. So he went home and went to bed that night. And his feelings started to grow on the inside to the point where he tossed and turned and just could not get to sleep. And so Ananias got up and he started pacing the floor and he started thinking about his life and thinking about uh, the situation. He so badly wanted to be accepted. 
He wanted to be a part of the group. He wanted to please Peter and the apostles. He wanted to to keep pace with Barnabas and the others. And so he had this thought, what if, what if we take this land we own and we sell it and we keep back part of it for our safety net and then we give the rest of it to the church, but we tell the church we're giving it all to them because they don't know what we paid for it. They don't know what we, we got for the uh, sale of this property. Why don't we do that? And it started to make sense to him. <clears throat> we could tell them that we're giving all the profits while keeping some back uh, for us. No one would ever have to know. No one would ever know the real selling price. This is the way we could get the best of both worlds. Who knows? Peter might give him a new name too. And so the next morning, he was having breakfast with his wife, Sapphira. And he said, Sapphira. And he starts to tell the story and his idea. And she said, Ananias, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe you're saying this because I had the same thought. I had the same idea. It must be God if both of us had the same idea. So they conspired together to present a portion of their money while passing it off as the entire amount. So the plan was set. The next day, they went and sold their property. They got the money. He gave part of it to Sapphira. She goes out uh, in the desert and hides the money. That's what you did in those days. They didn't have banks like we have banks. And then he took the rest of the money and put it in a bag, and he headed uh, to church. And so before the day was up, he envisioned that he would be a part of the excitement. He would be like Barnabas. People would celebrate. People would be excited. So when he arrived into the church carrying the money, he walked in with a new confidence. He walked in with a sense of pride. He walked in with a sense of power. He knew that in this, uh, he had a lot of money and that this was going to be a way which he could buy the acceptance of others. So he walked down front and people in those days brought their offerings to the front and he stood in line. And finally, when it came his time to give, he opened the bag and very slowly started to dump the money out because he wanted everybody to see every coin that he was giving. And he dumped it out. He said, I've sold some land and I'm giving it all to the church. And he anxiously awaited for everybody to be excited. He awaited for for Peter's approval. But instead of seeing approval in Peter's eyes, he saw the disappointment flow from his eyes. And Peter said in verse 3, How is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And you have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. And the very first thought that he had was, who told him? How does he know? I mean, just me and my wife know about this. How does he know? And that's just permeate. How does he know? He's trying to figure out how does he know? 
But then he realized, lied to the Holy Spirit. And he knows that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then oftentimes when Peter would stand up and preach, that, that God, through the Holy Spirit, would give him words to say that would speak directly to situations. Lied to the Holy Spirit. Peter said, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Ananias knew exactly, uh, knew what Peter was saying was exactly, absolutely true. Nobody had forced him to sell his land. Nobody had forced him to give any money. There was no pressure coming from the community to conform. It was a place of acceptance. This was a choice that he had made. And then Peter said, what made you think of doing such a thing? I'm sure that Ananias' mind was racing. What made you think? What made me think? Well, I was envious. I was jealous. Uh, I, I wanted to belong. I wanted to matter. I wanted to feel the excitement. I wanted to be the focus of attention. But I didn't want to give up my security. I didn't want to give up my money. I was afraid. I was afraid to admit that this land meant more to me than anything else. And as Ananias was thinking about what he was going to say, Peter continued, You have not lied just to human beings, but you have lied to God. And at that moment, he realized that what he thought was just a little bitty lie to some friends and to some people was really a lie to the church And it was a lie to God himself. That he offended God and now he is being exposed for the hypocrite and the fraud that he really was. What he thought was a well-kept secret was now public knowledge. And what he discovered in that moment is nothing is hidden from the Lord. There are no locked doors. There are no hidden closets from the Holy Spirit. The secrets of your heart are not secrets to God. Here's the point. God created you and nothing is a secret to him. You can fill in the blanks. God created you and nothing is a secret to him. You can hide things for a little season. But eventually, those things that you have hidden, those sins will eventually find you out. This is the message of Luke chapter 8, when he says, There is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be made known or brought out into the open. You know, so many times we feel like that we're doing things, and nobody else knows, not even God knows. But those things that are done in darkness will be exposed one day. And Ananias thought he had tricked everybody. But the evil that was on the inside started to swell up. And he was exposed. And you know what happened? The moment that he was exposed, he fell to the ground and he died right there. Right there in the church. Meanwhile, Sapphira, 
had taken the money and had gone, the other part of the money, and gone and hidden the money out into the desert. About three hours later, she comes to the temple. Now, at this point, she's envisioning what's going on. She's thinking, man, there must be a celebration going on. Everybody's excited about this big donation to the church. Everybody's thrilled about the work they can do. And she's envisioning a lot of happy uh, times as a result of this. They we're going to be accepted. We're going to be on the in crowd. And all of that's going on. And she walks through the door, but she notices there's not a joyous feeling in the room. In fact... There's a calmness, there's a sadness in the room. And she walks in and she doesn't understand why. And she looks over here and she sees there's some of Ananias' friends. And they're wiping tears from their eyes. Well, where's Ananias at? Where's he at? Why are they crying? Why are his friends crying? And as she's trying to figure all of this out, she walks in and there she's standing face to face with the apostle Peter. And Peter looks at her Uh, into her eyes. And as she looks at him, she can see this care and compassion, yet she can sense this, the holiness of God. And Peter looks at her and says, tell me, Sapphira, whether you sold this land for such and such a price. Now, in her mind, when when Peter says that, she's thinking, okay, Let me remember the script. Okay, let me remember the words that we decided uh, at at the breakfast table. And she's going over that. And and she's thinking, okay, yes, okay, what was the price? Yeah, that was the price. And, And she's getting ready to respond. And it is as if the entire congregation is sitting on the edge of their seat. They're listening and they're absorbed in every word that she's going to say. And she sensed that there was something more going on. And she sensed that they were longing for her to tell the truth. It was though that they were screaming to her in in the silence of the room. uh, Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Come clean. Don't lie. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Come clean. And she's feeling this pressure. But she's also thinking, what if I tell the truth? What will it do to me? I'd be embarrassed. What if I tell the truth? What's going to happen to Ananias? What's going to happen to me? And she dropped her eyes and she looked down at the ground and she said to Peter, yes, that was the price. And as she said those words, it was like the air went out of the room. It was like everybody gasped. And she knew something was wrong. Something was dreadfully wrong. And Peter continued, why is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of God to the test? And then Peter said to her that the the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out as well. The last thing she heard was the the feet of the men shuffling to go take her out. So that's how the story ends. It ends with two bodies being buried side by side in Jerusalem. 
It ends with an entire community gripped with fear at the holiness of God. Let me say again, I'm not positive this is how it it, it went. But there's a good chance that it went something like that. We know the facts. The motives of everything is a little bit less clear. But there's only a few options. But when we look at this story from our one-year Bible reading, there are four things that I think that speak to us from this story. First of all is this. There's a difference between going to church and being a Christian. There's a difference between going to church and being a Christian. We're tempted to act like we love the Lord instead of actually loving Him. There's a difference between going to church and being a Christian. We're tempted oftentimes to act it, to act, to put on this, uh, <clears throat> this persona that we are spiritual giants. And in the South, I'm telling you, we struggle with this. Because in the South, there's something that uh, we refer to as cultural Christianity. Because if you were born in the South and raised in the South, there's a good possibility that you went to a Baptist vacation Bible school sometime uh, uh, when you were being brought up. I mean, we go to church. That's what we do. And, And we equate going to church with being saved. But oftentimes... We're tempted, we act like we love the Lord instead of actually loving the Lord. Here's the point. Conforming outwardly is never a substitute for being transformed inwardly. It's more than looking the part. It's more than trying to act the part. But it's about having Jesus living on the inside. It's about following Jesus. Outwardly, Ananias and Sapphira, uh, Sapphira wanted to appear as spiritually, spiritual giants. But on the inside, they were living a lie. They were living a lie. Now, let me just clarify. Ananias and Sapphira did not die because they told a lie. There's a difference between telling a lie and living a lie. If God routinely killed people for telling a lie, a lot of us wouldn't make it through the day. If God killed people for telling a lie, then our, our undertakers would be multimillionaires. Because people lie. There's a difference between telling a lie and living a lie. There's also, uh, we've got to understand that they didn't die because they kept back part of the money. It was their money. It was their land. They had every right to do that. Peter said that. you got every right. This to do with whatever you want to. Yeah, I mean, imagine this. What, what would have happened if they had just been truthful about that? It would have been a different story. But you think about this. They came and they wanted to give the impression that they were given 100% of the proceeds. 
What are they doing? They're being deceitful. They're being dishonest. They're trying to fool the people around them. They're trying to fool the church. And they're trying to fool God himself. They want to say, oh, we've given all that we have. But that's dishonest. They were lying. They were, uh, they were living this lie. They lacked integrity. Folks, we've got to be truthful in everything we do. Yes, we all make mistakes and, and we fall into traps. But to continually to live in uh, a state of sin is going to take you down the wrong path. I said there's four things. Here's, here's number two. Don't use dishonest means to meet an honest need. Nothing is worth the price of your integrity. Don't use dishonest means. Here's the point. We all have needs. All of us have needs. And the Bible says that Jesus came to meet our needs. So we should not use dishonest means to meet a legitimate, honest need. And please, don't trade in your integrity. Hold on to your integrity. Be that person. I mean, what would have happened if, if Ananias and Sapphira would have gone and sold the property and then right after they sold the property, they had this money and they're separating the money and Sapphira was supposed to go out into the desert to hide it and Ananias is going to take it down to the church. What if they'd have said, wait a minute, this is crazy. We can't do this. We can't lie about this. This is not who we are. What if they had said, let's take this money to Peter and let's tell him our struggles. Let's tell him what we're wrestling with. Let's tell him what we almost did. What do you think would have happened? I think that that those people would have put their arms around them and given them grace and, and demonstrated love to them. Here's the third point. You've got to come clean before God can offer you his love and grace. You've got to come clean before God can offer that love and grace. Come clean. Be honest. Admit it. What's it going to take? You ever thought about that? What's it going to take for you to take that step to come clean? Here's the fourth and final one. You cannot confess to God what you will not acknowledge to yourself. You cannot confess to God what you will not acknowledge to yourself. There comes a point in our lives that we said, okay, God, I'm going to lay it all on the table. I admit that I've done wrong. I admit that I've sinned. I've made mistakes. We just... We just lay it on the table. In fact, James said it this way. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your faults, your sins, one to another. And pray for each other. What? So that you can be healed. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And what we see in that is the power of confession, the power of admitting. You see, you'll never conquer your giant until you come face to face with him. And I don't know what you're struggling with, and I don't know what the issues are, but I do know this. That you don't have to fight it alone. That if you'll come to the place where you'll say, God, help me. God, forgive me. God, heal me. 
God, make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. I believe that God will give you his spirit and he will give you the strength you need to be the person that he's called you to be. God's called us to be people of integrity. And there's a temptation in all of us to compromise over here and to compromise over there. Don't do it. Don't do it. When the enemy comes to to try to paint you a picture of what, what life can be like, realize that he is a liar and he is the father of lies. And he is, wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. Don't trade in your reputation for that. Don't give up your integrity for that. Don't continue to live a lie year after year. But let this be the day you say, God, I am sorry. God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. I don't want to live like this anymore. And if you'll come to a place where you will admit it, that he will come and give you strength. And I believe he'll come and change your life. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you this day. I thank you for your presence in this room. And Father, as uh, we have heard your word, let your word go deep in our hearts and let our lives be changed. God, forgive us of our sins. Change us, God. Let us be people of integrity and let us be people uh, that operate with honesty. So, Lord, we ask that you'd forgive us. We repent of our actions. And, God, that you would come now and give us the peace and give us the strength we need. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.